the devaluation of the Egyptian pound takes center stage in this episode. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. Operating conditions in Egypt's non-oil private sector economy deteriorated in November as a dramatic devaluation of the pound forced businesses to cut output. The Purchasing Managers Index, compiled by S&P Global, dropped to 45.4 last month from 47.7 in October, remaining below the 50 mark that separates growth from contraction. Chachala Gutu, economist for East Africa and Egypt with IC Group, joins us for this episode to give us insight into the devaluation and what it means for both the Egyptian economy and the private sector. Why have there been two devaluations of the Egyptian pound? There have been two devaluation events this year. Uh, the first one was in mid-March, thereabout, and the second one was in late October. Uh, just to give it some context is that Egypt is pretty much an open economy uh, from a trade perspective. Uh, it trades heavily with a number of uh, uh, countries and also it relies on uh, portfolio inflows uh, in the sense that uh, foreign investors uh, investing in their uh, bonds uh, in their fixed income segment and majorly within the treasury bills uh, securities. So uh, at the height of the investment, uh, foreign investors accounted to close to 24% of all the treasury bills holding, just to give you a sense of how significant foreign investors were there. And it was quite an attractive market uh, back then. Uh, that is around September 2021. Uh, the, the inflation was low. The yields were quite high. So it was a no-brainer for investors who are uh, coming from developed markets where their yields are not as attractive as within in emerging market, frontier market. So that was the context behind that high level of investment. So come um, February, we have the war between Russia and Ukraine. And Egypt happens to be one of the biggest uh, weight importers in, 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 in the world, uh, relying on their weight imports from those two countries. And uh, also on the tourism sector, a third, close to a third of the tourists that go to Egypt in any given year come from these two countries. So because of the fallout that was occasioned by this war uh, between these two countries, uh, most of the, there was negative sentiment towards Egypt. And that led to portfolio outflows uh, in the sense that now foreigners sold off their treasury bills uh, holdings and now exited Egyptian um, market. So against that backdrop, uh, we saw in the month of March, uh, the Central Bank of Egypt uh, hiking its interest rate uh, by around 200 basis points, so that's two percentage points, and also devaluing their currency. So that was the first devaluation event that we saw uh, this year, uh, devaluation, whereby the currency then was trading at around eight uh, Egyptian pound to the dollar, and it was hiked to around uh, 13 uh, Egyptian pounds to the dollar, uh, give or take. So that was the first devaluation that we saw at the start of this year. In response to what had happened, uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine. And the impact of that uh, that has played out throughout the course of this year is that inflation uh, 
are still been quite elevated. Uh, Egypt started the year at pretty much um, bearable inflation interest rates. It was around 8% there about at the beginning of the year. Right now, the latest number we have uh, for the month of October is at uh, 16%. And that is because of the nexus, uh, the uh, the companies, uh, individuals rely heavily on imports. And as their, the currency weakens against the dollar, it means that they will require more of uh, Egyptian pounds, uh, at least to get uh, the intermediate goods, to get these imports in the country. And that uh, is what we call the FX pass-through to inflation, uh, whereby inflation has been brought about by the sharp devaluation of the currency and having a negative impact on inflation. Uh, with the October devaluation, it's still early in the days. We still haven't seen uh, inflation numbers. Probably we could, we could see the November uh, inflation print just to give us a sense of how an impact that devaluation effect had on in inflation. But I can just say that with the first devaluation whereby we've had some significant data, inflation has been negatively impacted. What are the expectations that come with these devaluations? The expectation is that with that devaluation, uh, whereby the currency was significantly weakened or the central bank of Egypt let the currency float against the dollar, which is now the reserve currency. Uh, the expectation then by the market was that uh, the central bank will be allowed to let the currency uh, float, uh, free float. But that wasn't the case. So there was a bit of some intervention, so, which now negated the devaluation effect that was put in place in 20, October 2016. So if we come to 2022, whereby we have two significant uh, devaluation effects, uh, the events are rather. So the first one around mid-March, whereby it was devalued, but you haven't seen Central Bank of Egypt intervening in a meaningful way in terms of trying to bring back, restore uh, the Egyptian pound to the dollar where it was pre this particular event. So that doesn't happen. And, and even the second time uh, when the devaluation happened in October, we're still seeing the Egyptian pound trading at around 24 uh, levels uh, against the dollar, which is quite elevated. But that being the case, we're still, uh, the market still expect that the Egyptian pound will weaken further. Just looking at uh, uh, some of the market analysis in terms of the forward-looking expectation of where the Egyptian pound will be, we're expecting some further 17%. Uh, this is as per the non-deliverable forwards. Uh, it expects some another, another, a further 17% devaluation on the Egyptian pound to around 28.7 levels by June 2023. So that is what the market is expecting. Where it is right now, remember the purpose of devaluing the currency is to ensure that the Egyptian pound is significantly weaker, at least to attract exports. Uh, to the market, or at least to make uh, Egypt to be an attractive tourism uh, destination. Uh, so for every uh, unit of currency uh, you have, if you're going, going into the Egyptian market right now, as compared to at the start of the year, you will get many number of Egyptian pounds than it, you are able to get at the start of the year. So that's basically what they are trying, the intention with the devaluation, at least to boot exports, to boost its competitiveness. And with that is now, they will now be able to close 
that balance of payment gap. But still, the market feels that it requires much more. Uh, there's still some structural reforms that the country needs to put in place, at least to boost its competitiveness. So that's where the market is still expecting some further uh, weakness on the Egyptian pound. So that's the other thing. Uh, whenever you have these bouts of devaluation, you know, the market is like a vicious cycle. The market still expects further weakness down the line. And that is uh, what is uh, still playing out even with the Egyptian uh, pound, regardless of the two devaluation events that we've seen uh, this year. A quick look at the stories making it into the podcast. Ghana asked local bondholders to accept losses on interest payments as it restructures its debt to qualify for a loan from the International Monetary Fund. The West African country will replace existing local currency debt with four new bonds maturing in 2027, 2029, 2032 and 2037. The annual coupon on all these new bonds will be set at 0% in 2023 5% in 2024 and 10% from 2025 until maturity. Coupon payments will be semi-annual. External debt restructuring parameters will be presented in due course. Ghana is currently negotiating a $3 billion program with the IMF after being shut out of the international debt market amidst a sell-off of its dollar bonds that lifted yields to distressed levels. Part of the IMF's lending requirements is that Ghana gets its debt on a sustainable path to qualify for support. The country has a 393.4 billion CEDIS debt or about $28.1 billion of debt as at the end of June and debt servicing costs equivalent to 68% of tax revenue over the same period, according to budget data. The city, the world's worst performing currency against the dollar this year, has lost 56% of its value, increasing the cost of servicing loans. Staying with Ghana, the S&P Global Ghana PMI came in at 44.9 in November of 2022, up slightly from 44.0 in October, but still pointing to a marked decline in the health of the private sector for a 10th consecutive month. New orders, business activity and staff numbers fell further, although the rates of decline were softer than in the previous month. Currency weakness and steep inflationary pressures continued to hit demand. Meanwhile, purchasing activity also decreased amid declining demand and higher prices for inputs. On the price front, overall input costs increased rapidly and at a faster pace that was among the sharpest in the past eight months. In turn, selling price inflation hit a series record high. Lastly, business sentiment remained muted in November despite improving from the previous month with hopes that prices will stabilize and economic conditions improve over the coming year. South African GDP rose by 1.6% on quarter in the three months to September of 2022, well above market forecasts of 0.6% increase following a 0.7% contraction in the prior quarter, partly because of a low base in the second quarter when floods disrupted operations at a key port in Durban. Eight of 10 activities expanded in the third quarter, with the agriculture sector making the biggest contribution to growth on bumper crops. Significant increases were also seen in transportation and storage, construction, mining, finance, real estate and business services, and manufacturing. On the expenditure side, both government spending and fixed investment rose, while household consumption shrank. Meanwhile, net trade contributed positively as exports rose much faster than imports. Year-on-year, the economy advanced by a notable 4.1%, the most since quarter two of 2021, beating market estimates of a 2.8% rise. 
Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at With the Dawn. <laughs>